0: Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 169 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at the different ways in which you can reduce the amount of money you pay for public charging. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap the free-to-download app that helps EV drivers search, plan, and pay for their charging. Before we start, I wanted to ask if there's anyone you particularly want to see on the season-ending roundtable episode. We're almost halfway through the season, so any potential guests will need to be identified and scheduled in fairly quickly. We've already secured Warren Phillips from EVA England, so who else do you want to see? Let me know please, evmusings at gmail.com. Our main topic of discussion today is how to reduce your charging costs on public charging. Now just a disclaimer before we start, we're going to be mentioning specific charging tariffs and costs in today's episode. These costs were valid at the time this episode was written. If you listen to this later than that, then the prices may and probably will have changed. So there's a narrative in the press that the price of charging in the UK is as expensive as using fossil fuels from a petrol station. Well, that's accurate in a minority of situations. If you only charge using public charging and you use the highest price charge tariffs and your car has a relatively inefficient miles per kilowatt hour figure, then yes, you'll end up spending a lot of money to charge. But very few people are in that situation for 100% of the time. A fossil fuel equivalent would be someone who only used high-priced petrol stations at motorway service areas to fill their very inefficient V8 Range Rover, despite the fact there's plenty of relatively cheap petrol pumps in towns and at supermarket stores. I mean, yes, it could happen, but it is a minority of cases rather than the norm. But the point still stands that public charging is, generally, more expensive than private charging charging at home. So I wanted to see if I could highlight a number of ways in which you, as an EV driver, can reduce the cost you pay for public charging. Before I start, it's always worth reminding you that if you can charge at home, that's pretty much always gonna be cheaper than using public charging, although there are a couple of exceptions. So if you can do that, do that. But if you can't, let's look at some of the ways you can make your charging experience cheaper. Well, the obvious way, is to use the charge point operators that charge less per kilowatt hour. A recent Zapmap publication noted that the majority of public charge point operators have pitched their charging tariffs in the range of 75 to 79 pence a kilowatt hour for rapid or ultra-rapid charging. But that's not all charge point operators. GridServe charge 65 pence a kilowatt hour. BP Pulse charge 69 pence a kilowatt hour. And on a lot of Podpoint rapids, you can spend as little as 40 pence a kilowatt hour. The thing to remember about Poppoint is that these will usually be single 50 kilowatt units, so they may be occupied when you want to charge. BP Pulse recently dropped the price on their 150 kilowatt chargers from 79 down to 69 pence a kilowatt hour too. So if you can find one of those that works, it's well worth trying them. The new Cransley Park EV hub in Kettering has nine units providing up to 150 kilowatts and that is 69 pence a kilowatt hour. But what about going one better than that? There are a number of locations at which you can charge without paying anything. If you go into ZapMap and filter on payment and select free to use, you'll see literally thousands of charges that you can use without having to pay. Now, the majority of these obviously are AC chargers with speeds up to about 22 kilowatts. But in and amongst them, there are rapid chargers that are free. A lot of these are Nissan dealerships, so if you have a Leaf or ENV200, you'll be welcomed with open arms. Not so sure about other brands though. There are some that are not Nissan dealerships, however. The Elm Street short-stay car park in Ipswich, for example, has free charging, although they do levy a fee for parking. What also stands out with these charges, if you look on ZapMap is that a large majority of them not working. The reason for this is simple. They get abused because they're free and when they break, Nissan dealers are not inclined to fix them because it costs them money to both run and repair them. Now that is the issue with free charging though. Many people exhibit behaviours on free charging that perhaps they wouldn't on paid chargers. They'll stay longer on them than it would if it cost them money. They'll occupy them overnight rather than paying for electricity at home. They'll mistreat the unit, dropping the cable on the ground rather than resetting it correctly for the next driver. This means that a lot of free chargers are not available when you really need them. And that does also bring us to another aspect of public charging that is perhaps a little underappreciated. AC charging. If you're in a hurry, then rapid DC charging is obviously the key to getting to where you want to go. But other than that, if you have time, there are hundreds and hundreds of AC chargers around the country that are cheap to use. Rather than spend 79 pence a kilowatt hour for some ultra rapid charging, why not spend a little less and opt for AC charging instead? At the opening of the Oxford Superhub last year, I was invited to attend, and on arrival, I plugged into one of the Wenea AC chargers on site. And while we all oohed and ahed about the FastNed Rapids and the Tesla Superchargers, my car was receiving some nice eleven kilowatt charging, giving me an almost full battery when I left. On that occasion, those chargers were free, but they now have a tariff. It's a lot less than the FastNED or Tesla units next door at forty two pence a kilowatt hour. This is just one example of many where the price for a kilowatt hour of AC electrons is much lower than the price of the same kilowatt hour of electrons on a rapid. In one case, you're paying for the electrons, in the other, you're paying for your time. And since time is more expensive, rapid charges are more expensive. The Metro Centre in Newcastle recently opened a suite of 40 solar-powered AC chargers at 43 pence a kilowatt hour. Energy generated by the solar panels will be enough to power 600 electric cars for a whole year. Not bad, and another relatively cheap option for people in the area. Zest Charging have another 40 AC chargers on the other side of the Metro Centre with a 50 pence a kilowatt hour price. Now it pays to check out the price of AC charging, especially if you've got a car that can do 11 kilowatt charging or higher like mine. That'll charge your battery in in quite a relatively short period of time. So you don't have to sit there for hours and hours. So what other ways are there of getting cheaper charging? Well, let's look at subscriptions. And by subscriptions, I mean subscriptions to charging services rather than subscriptions to cars, Although well, we'll get to that soon. When I got my first EV, Chargemaster, later bought by BP and renamed BP Pulse, offered a charging subscription. For, I think, £6.55 per month, you got quite heavily discounted rates on charging at all Chargemaster units. Even as the public rates were raised, the subscription still allowed reduced fees for charging at Chargemaster units. This was great and saved me a fortune, although, obviously, you have to do your homework. As the rate per kilowatt hour increases, the number of kilowatt hours you need to charge to recoup the cost of the subscription reduces, and that's the same for all subscriptions. So what subscriptions are out there? Well, BP Pulse still do their subscription, uh, but the other main one out there is Ionity. Uh, Not too long ago, Ionity were the expensive charge point operators. Everyone else had tariffs around 35 or 40 pence a kilowatt hour, and Ionity was almost double that. But the reason they did that was because they wanted to discourage use by people who didn't have an Ionity subscription. Remember. Ionity was formed as a joint venture by quite a few, mainly German, EV manufacturers. Mercedes, BMW, Volkswagen, Porsche, and Ford all got, got together to fund the network. The idea was that if you owned a car made by these manufacturers, you could benefit from cheaper charging. This was through a subscription that reduced the tariff. As an example, I have an ID3, and as an ID3 owner, I can take advantage of a charging subscription, now £12.99 per month. reduces Ionity costs from the current 69 pence a kilowatt hour down to 31 pence a kilowatt hour. It also reduces my costs on other affiliated networks to 43 pence a kilowatt hour for DC charging. At that rate I'd only need to charge 35 kilowatt hours on Ionity chargers to recoup the cost of the subscription per month. I don't know about you but if I was doing regular high mileage with lots of public charging that would be a no-brainer. All the OEMs that are part of the Ionity family have similar subscription services known as MSP or Mobility Service Provider subscriptions. It's worth seeing whether your vehicle can be linked with an MSP subscription to reduce your charging costs. Beware however, unlike things such as the BP Pulse subscriptions, the MSP offerings are usually 12-month commitments rather than the 1-month commitment. If that works for you, fine, otherwise you might want to try some additional offerings. The downsides to MSP subscriptions are simple. It's usually RFID card or app-based rather than contactless, and the CPOs you can use are restricted. It's not all networks. If you can live with that, there's savings to be made. But let's assume there are no free chargers near you, the cheap charges at 40 pence a kilowatt hour are either broken or always occupied, and you don't have a car that you can link to a charging subscription. What then? Well, that's when time-of-day tariffs come in. A number of charge point operators have started to implement time-of-day tariffs to encourage users to charge at off-peak times. Time-of-day tariffs fall into two groups. Ones where you are encouraged to charge off-peak through cheaper tariffs and ones where you're penalized for charging on-peak through more expensive tariffs. Tesla are a great example of this. A typical Tesla supercharger could have off-peak charging at 54 pence per kilowatt hour for most of the day ramping up to 67 pence between 4pm and 8pm every day of the week. Tesla have decided that these rates will be reviewed every month. This means the actual price per kilowatt hour is altered, but the relative difference between peak and off-peak will remain fairly consistent. For people wanting to charge using Tesla superchargers that are open to the public, which is 13 sites in the UK, this differential still applies. For example, at the Tesla supercharger at Banbury, the rate is 58 pence per kilowatt hour off-peak 71 pence a kilowatt hour at peak times. Now linking the last two items together we see that Tesla have a membership package or a subscription which for £10.99 per month gives you 42 pence a kilowatt hour off peak and 53 pence a kilowatt hour on peak at the public supercharging network. Not bad if that fits your charging pattern. Talking of charging apps and cards which we weren't but it's my podcast and I can make the rules up if I want, There are a new range of these which are coming out that are offering discounted charging on certain charges at certain times. If you're using the Octopus Electroverse card, you can benefit from reduced price charging if you're also an Octopus customer. If you're on the Octopus Go tariff, you get a 5% discount off all public charging through Electroverse. Intelligent Octopus customers receive an 8% discount of all public charging through Electroverse. And that card and system covers almost 30 CPOs, such as Ionity, Osprey Charging, Raw Charging, Fastnet, Mer, Alago, ESB Energy, Alpha Power, and Shell Recharge. All customers, regardless of their supplier, get off-peak discounts on Osprey Charging of 20% if they charge on an Osprey unit between 7pm and 11pm. This drops the price from 79 pence a kilowatt hour down to 63 pence a kilowatt hour. If you're using 7 kilowatt charging with the CPO Chargee, you get a reduction from 65 pence a kilowatt hour down to 29 pence a kilowatt hour if you charge between midnight and 7am. If you're on GeniePoint, you get overnight charging at 57 pence a kilowatt hour from 8pm to 8am every day. There are probably other similar offers out there if you want to go looking for them. Finally, there's one way of getting very cheap charging and that was mentioned in the how do I get a new EV on my drive episode, episode 152, by podcast co-founder Simon, when he talked about the onto subscription, with that you also get a, a BP charging card, a InstaVolt charging card, and essentially a Shell charging card, and it, you can use them in a vast array of uh, different chargers, and that's generally what I use. So you cut out all that cost in terms of uh, charging public charging as well, uh, which you know now is going to be more expensive. So that's quite handy. That's right. With most subscription services, you'll get an RFID card, which will allow you access to certain charge point operators and all your charging is included in the subscription fee you pay for the vehicle. Again, there's no option for contactless debit credit card payment and you're limited to certain CPOs. On two have changed their policies since Simon recorded uh, his audio there. It's now a shell recharge card, which gives you access to 11,000 charges across the UK, including Osprey Charging, Fastnet, GeniePoint, Ionity, Mer, Alpha Power, and of course, Shell. You can also now get an additional add-on, which gives you access to InstaVault, although that costs £120 per month extra. Using some of the hints and tips that I've just been through here, you can make sure you minimize the amount of money you spend on public charging. In a recent episode, we discussed pricing and why CPOs pitch their price at the level they do. But I want to take a moment here to bring in something which is both desirable and abhorrent, at the same time. Let me set the scene. I was at a trade show last year and I was chatting with one of the larger charger manufacturers. You've all certainly used one of their units, especially if you have publicly charged in Scotland, for example. They were displaying the latest version of their charger. And the one thing that stuck out like a sore thumb was the fact that the front of the unit was 50% screen. It had a large, crystal clear, full-color, high-definition LED screen, which took up a lot of real estate on the front of the unit. So much so that it was basically the only thing you could see. Now obviously the intention was that this would be the main interface between the device and the user. It would be able to handle bespoke operating systems, user interfaces, play instructional videos to explain charging and payment. It was all very whizzy and interesting. But it did leave the door open for something which I personally think will start to become more and more apparent as charging matures. On-screen advertising. These devices will be located out in public, often in places that are close to fast food restaurants, coffee shops and other places with good footfall. It would make sense then to use them as customizable billboards to advertise to the general public. Not only that, if they're attached to rapid chargers, which they will be, there's the opportunity to put bespoke advertising on there for the EV driver to watch as he sits in his car waiting for the charge to end. Granted, not everyone does that, but quite a few people do, and it is the literal definition of a captive audience. Imagine using details from an RFID card to feed customised commercials or other content directly at you. I know, sounds horrific, right? But let me throw in a little curveball that might change your mind. If this advertising was used as a source of income for the charge point operators, that's an opportunity to reduce the price per kilowatt hour for a charge. Charge point operators that use this technology Could get an additional source of income to help defray the costs of providing the service. Now, will all of them do it? I don't know. Some will, some won't, but it's definitely worth considering. Did I miss any sources for cheap or reduced price charging? Let me know on social media. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. One of the scourges of modern society are single-use items such as coffee cups. They're particularly insidious because they lack the ability to be recycled. But a new invention by a Hong Kong-based sustainable packaging startup has solved that problem. They've created a paper cup which has a built-in foldable lid. It looks a little like an American-Chinese takeaway container, is completely leak-proof, recyclable up to seven times and home-compostable. Called the Good Cup, The painted design took a long time to get right with the inventor Cyril Drouet taking 3 years and about a hundred different variations to perfect. The final version has flaps that lock together with an audible click to form a slightly curved top. The curved shape helps hold the top securely in place so it won't accidentally pop open. To open it back up to add cream or sugar to your drink you have to deliberately push on the top of the lid to release the lock. Trials are in place in Japan at Family Mart a chain of convenience stores where customers pour their own coffee. Now, I don't know about you, but I love this idea. Next to a reusable cup, this is about the best solution, I think. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap, the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK, which helps EV drivers search, plan and pay for their charging. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features such as using ZapMap in car, on CarPlay, or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at Musings EV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to becoming an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? If you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash slash musings, and you can do just that. ko-fi.com slash musings. Takes Apple Pay, too. I have a couple of e-books out there if you want something to read on your Kindle. So, you've gone electric. is available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. So, you've gone renewable is also available on Amazon for the same 99p and it covers installing solar panels, a storage battery and a heat pump. Why not check them out? Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingZV with the words Cheap or reduced price charging. Hashtag if you know you know. Mm. Nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, he quite likes the Fairphone product. A modular, repairable and recyclable phone. He of course wants something a little different and believes there should be a whole row of connectors along the bottom. Lightning, USB-A, USB-C, Thunderbolt, etc. Of course, he has a great reason for that. You can use them in a vast array of uh, different chargers. Thanks for listening. Bye.